just became a raven. Your art matters. It's what got me here. Hello and welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast. I'm Simon and I love One Tree Hill. And I'm Dom and I've seen 90, that's nine zero episodes of One Tree Hill. And tonight's episode for debate is season five, episode two, Racing Like a Pro. Because I want to do ya. <laughs> <laughs> Black scrunchie. <laughs> On the door. Fuck off, Nathan. Boning your wife. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we didn't get the whole, you know, when we're kids, you know, brothers sharing things. So time to make up for last time. <laughs> hey, moon boy. <laughs> Come here. I want to feel your fried pan face. <laughs> She has to see it. I think she has to see what's on the wall to, and then realise kind of what he is. Because what is he? Fucking weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> just opens the door. I'm just going to wander around. I thought I'd get a pair of your pants, put them on my head. Dental <laughs> stalker too. Yeah. He's just a weirdo. He's just sniffing her underwear. Dan is a lunatic. I barely know her. What? You've been commentating with her for, like, the last year or whatever. What? This is what happened to Jimmy, Mouth. Pull your head out of your butt, Mouth. That's Psycho Derek vibes. I like to just in and out. Done. In and out and gone. I'm Dan Scott and Karen in the late 90s. Just in, out, gone. Done. Got what I need. Oh, God, I didn't mean it like that. You said it. I won't put that in the intro. I absolutely will. <laughs> Demand. How creepy was that moment? Like, oh, it's so hard to find cute virgin boys. I don't think it's not. Just go down to the Warhammer shop. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to stay at the what? Ready, set, YMCA. Okay, quick question for you. Teenage dramas is like, it's becoming too much. Like, we're not teenage. But do you know what it is? Do you know what the problem is with yourself and with, with watching this? Is that, is that you're too involved. You get too involved. You don't just watch it for what it is. You watch it and there's got to be some sort of like meaning and understanding. And, oh, this has got so much. This has done so much for my life and stuff. Just now, you're at a point where you could just watch it for what it is. And just go, yeah, right, Rachel's being a slag. Yeah, right, Lucas is being a total melt. Yeah, right, Peyton's someone else has left her yeah all right you know <laughs> mouth's got a huge slong just get on with it do you know what i mean <laughs> he's got the dong of all slongs <laughs> just <laughs> when i go there later tonight in real life and ball gag him <laughs> what are you going to do to defend him because you're not you don't know where he lives you won't hear his screams no one will because he'll, be, he'll be gagged <laughs> Well, you know, what you and Dom get up to in your private life is no concern about that. So, Team Simon. No, I'm just saying that he doesn't need to be mocked for it on a world-renowned podcast. That's fair. That's fair. The People's Podcast. This is a One Tree Hill podcast. Is it? Some. Debatable at this point. I mean, how long have you guys been on? About four hours at this point. Luckily, about 45 minutes before you joined, we started. and We haven't actually hit on a fucking main topic. (laughs) 
I've had my phone open with my episode notes up for hours at this point. Then she kisses him. But it's not just a kiss, it's a slow kiss. So slow. They're like, faces are so close together before there's been any contact. I could have got a paper plane, folded it up, and threw it, and it, I would have had enough time, and it still would have gone through the gap in between their lips before they're touched. They're so breathy. They're hot breath. Because they've been in class, they probably don't brush their teeth in the morning because it's Lucas and Peyton, mayo and salad cream, and they've probably had lunch, there's hot breath there, and it takes so long, and then they do it, and it's like, Lucas, get a haircut, and then they get put in detention. Future serial killer, Magda. Hello, how are, how are doing, you Magda? guys? Very good, thank you, very good. Pleased to have you both on, and both with us. I'm a little bit nervous, I'm apprehensive, because on these episodes... With Magdalena in particular, I feel like there's a there's a beeline for Dom. No matter what it is, we need to just deal with him and sort him out. Even if I'm agreeing with you, fuck you, Dom, is kind of how it goes. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, but also a bit nervous. Team Simon. And she goes, that's my baby, or whatever. whatever oh, she says. that's a, such a horrible line. <laughs> horrible. Disgusting, disgusting line. I hated it. My baby, <laughs> shut up, shut up, and get out of my house. I mean, but you're not even in my house. You're on my property. Get out. I'm hungry. Shut up. That girl has been through enough. Mm. But stop with this shit. <laughs> That's my baby. My what? Baby. I don't care if you know no fluids were exchanged or whatever. Um, I want them cheeks clean. I've had the. I've had ma- this mouse naked batty has been in them sheets then they need cleaning you know what I'm saying he is not a clean team <laughs> <laughs> it's been a little while since I watched One Tree Hill you know we, we... I thought you were going to say it's been a little while since, since I watched a sex tape I watched a sex tape for a while <laughs> <laughs> you filthy beast oh that's how we could interview him <laughs> Dom and I will go naked with a basketball at the front yeah I like your thinking <laughs> Dear Luke, I'm in LA. I don't need ass. <laughs> nice callback. I like it. I mean, it would be remiss of both, both of us not to say, Simon, that when anyone says Lucas's sister, we should add in cousin as well. Cousin. So I, I, think I, we knew, to, I knew that's why you was laughing. Um, it needs to be thrown in, cousin. <laughs> it's quite soothing. It's sort of a bit of pressure on there that makes you feel like, you know what? It is okay. Uh, maybe... Is that a phone call, Tammy? Well, you not I'm put sorry. your phone on silent. <gasps> I'm Are you not a fucking sorry. amateur. No. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, to- <laughs> there it is. The <laughs> <laughs> time step. Time step. <laughs> <laughs> So hello and welcome to the Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast, where it is always 10.30 at night, so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move on upstairs and settle in as tonight's episode for debate is Season 5, Episode 2, Racing Like a Pro. Dom, we're here. How are you, my friend? I'm very well, thank you. All good. All the better for seeing your lovely little face. Frying pan face. (laughs) How are you? Yes. Good and same, same to your cherub face. Oh god, no, I'm just old and haggard now. <laughs> Lovely face, withered oh. old man. Lovely old man. Speaking of, you know, older gentlemen, do we have any messages from your dad that we're able to share? 
Um, let me have a quick look. I don't think we've actually communicated much this week. We've had a, a window cleaner for quite a long time. Okay. Uh, that is this Turkish guy. He's a lovely, lovely man, incredibly generous, but also crazy. He's like mad. So he's now, so he's been doing the, the windows at my parents' house for, for ages. And my parents have actually known him years before he was like a window cleaner and stuff. So it's kind of a, a nice thing that he, he does our windows and he now does mine at my flat. Okay. He expanded but the business. I like it. He doesn't just sort of come around and knock on a door or anything like that. He will slam on the window and just shout, Dominic! 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 Just oh, until I respond to him. Now, I could be in the middle of a call at work or typing or chatting to a customer or something like that, and he won't stop until I turn and say, Hello, oh, minute, and then just carry on. So, I because I was working the last time Mimic came around, I didn't have the opportunity to go out and pay him. So I texted my dad because Mehmet comes to mine first, then he goes to my dad's, like my parents' house. Wait, wait, is this a little, is this a little cash in hand situation? Yeah, you're paying your window cleaner, it's money in, you know, in his hand, isn't it? So I said to my dad, if Mehmet appears, can you pay him for me, please? And I will pay you back. And my dad said, hi, comma, Mehmet is here, comma. I will pay him for your windows cleaning. Full stop. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> so I was like, that was it. That was it. That's the end of the conversation. So that is me and my dad this week. What was he charging you for a window clean? Is that too personal? Uh, I think it, I think it's a tenner. It's like a, just as like a standard tenner. Doesn't matter how many windows you have or haven't got. So like my parents have got like three times the windows I've got and get charged the same. <laughs> Is he do, is he doing your back windows as well? He does. So I've got one, two, three, four. He does all of them. He he goes. No, no I mean, I mean, at your parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He climbs does over he have the wall. to go through? Oh, he climbs over the wall. I don't let him through the house. Jesus. Right, right, right. Well, because we we have a window cleaner also. Um, he charges us twenty pounds. So Ooh. I'm I'm now I'm now unsure, but he does. <laughs> He does like we have skylights and things, so he does like he gets up there, gets on the roof. We don't pay him in cash; we pay him on a transfer. That's uh, the modern day cash under the table. But he, uh, I had to ask him and have a word with him once if he could knock before he before he does it, before he does it, because he would just suddenly appear in the skylights and stuff. But our skylights are like over the shower, the downstairs shower. Um, and then we've got, you know, we've got like them retractable folding doors on the, mm. uh, and at the back into the garden. Well, no one can see into the garden. Like it's all hedged and fenced off. So when our little guy was a baby, F's breastfeeding in the house, right? Well, one day there's the window cleaner at the window. I'm like, having to, F's like, oh my God. And I'm like having to like, you know, grab a hoodie or something to put it over. So I had to just be like, hey, man, would you mind just uh, just knocking in future? Just, you know, so we, so can... we can not be in those rooms, you know, yeah. with bits of us out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that was good. Good. OK, well, <laughs> One Tree Hill is a TV show that we watch and that we podcast. And we're into season five, which 
is a lot of changes basically reset the show to the beginning but of a new show which is like our young adults a young adult drama so to speak uh jenna pulled me up in the in the discord for saying i was saying and i get it now because i when i watched back i listened to us watching it um for the first time it was i couldn't get it up on my plex for some reason and uh it was quite good i enjoyed hearing your reactions as anyway i'd done a little song saying we're in the bar because we're in our early 20s in our mid-20s and we're so cool you know i'm getting a manhattan you know that's kind of that's their kind of vibe and i was saying i know that the characters are in their early 20s like in the show but i see them as in their mid to late 20s because that's how they're acting uh what do you think of that would you if you didn't know how old they were and you just caught this on tv would you assume that these are characters that are in their like you know mid to late 20s yeah i think they were probably in the 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 24 to 6 bracket except for mouth who's clearly seven um but yeah they're they're about it feels like they're about at that point you know one of them's running their successful business one of them's a you know teacher um like slash housewife the other ones um in a wheelchair looks like he's had an incredibly tough life the other one's a published author you know it's just all these elements that make you think they're probably a lot older than they really are um because you know to be that successful that age for a lot of them is hard to believe very shall i say i mean brooke's age varies depending on you know who's writing the episode i guess so (laughs) well yeah and I mean, think more is going to be unveiled as we go forward about Brooke's situation, because, I mean, we're getting a lot of flashback in these episodes. Flashbacks and dodgy wigs seems to be what's happening. But that is not something that we've necessarily had much of in previous seasons. We don't really do flashbacks because we're in the current. You know, they're filling in the gaps of what we've missed. Mm. Uh, Um. Yeah, I think it's a very ridiculous, really, how successful they are. It's it's a dodgy wig and a and an Alice band or a hairband that you know changes the whole perception of time. You know, a curl here or you know a bit of a highlight there um, completely changes the uh, the timeline of of where you are in the world. So, yeah, as like they did it to Lindsay. Is it Lindsay? Mm-hmm. There's there's a moment you know when they flash back to the book signing. Or suddenly yeah. she pops up behind Lucas and her hair is like completely different. It's quite, it's quite amusing. And I'm sure Peyton's hair isn't her hair or something like that. She, I, she just, she looks like she's got a wig on. I think that was the wig moment. Yeah. When, when yeah. it's back, when the flashback of her at the book signing. Yeah. But, uh, some of your predictions from the previous episode were bang on the money, you could say. Um, mm. and, People were furious with you. In fact, um, someone actually wrote in the Discord channel that you're not privy to Really, <laughs> this morning saying, just heard Dom's predictions. It's ridiculous. Um, I finally get why it's so satisfying to say, fuck you, Dom. <laughs> <laughs> so, Who was that? I think that was Sophie. Australian Sophie you know how the Aussies be yeah I mean I turn up for the last 10 minutes of her episodes so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I mean 
I mean, should we talk about the predictions you got right? I mean, you said about Peyton starting a label. You even said about it being a trick. It just fits. It just seems right. How could that not happen? I mean, the fact that Karen's Cafe didn't exist anymore, that absolutely blew my mind. I was so shocked by that. So shocked because I thought, you know, Karen running two successful businesses. I think I even said she's traveling around Europe. Who's like managing the cafe or something like that. And then, you know, okay. It kind of makes sense, but um, it just felt right. Why would you have this brand essentially of trick that Peyton put together as well, that would then not be utilized, you know, at least like the space not be utilized for her to have the opportunity to grow in that industry. Uh, as a as a music management professional you know it it just made sense Uh, and that's all I can say to that really yeah for sure I mean it does also make zero sense though to like there's a record label then you're going to record you have a studio there right but you would surely you don't want a studio next to a very loud busy bar um they might use another studio. So Luca said in this episode that we're going to podcast tonight, you know, use it as your offices to get your like business started, to get your, you know, management started. So they might have their own bands, might have their own studios. If she's signing people up, they might use trick as a venue for the, the uh, album performers launches. for anything. Yeah. Just like, okay, this band are really good. We want to get a bit of publicity. They're going to come and do a night, a trick. And then like, they'll go and do like some other gigs and other places. It's like an easy gig, isn't it? It's like an easy place mm-hmm. to get in. Like, where can we do a gig? Tricks like spot on because this is where I work. It's where I'm focused. You know, it's free space that's been given to me to push, you know, these artists to the next level. So yeah, it just, it just sort of fits. So the studio time and all that doesn't necessarily have to be there. If that's her kind of base, her offices, they can, you know, hire a studio, use a studio somewhere else. So. Okay, Let, let's talk about things. Let's do the things a little bit differently um, tonight. Let's talk less about exactly what's going on with all of the characters. I, I'm thinking maybe a bit later, if you're up to it, it's a big ask, but maybe trying the whole synopsis of the episode in one go, like we did on we on our Stranger Things episode. That was really good. Just touching on some of the, on the more broad strokes and we can get into some of the more intricate details. But before we do that, I really want to hear your thoughts on some of our new characters. Mm. We have new people in the frame here. Let's start with Nanny Carrie. Carrie? Carrie. I know it's spelled C-A-R-R-I-E, but they pronounce, this is like a Cara Cara situation shout Carrie. out to you Kara. um i think they pronounce it nanny carrie but would we pronounce it how would we pronounce it c-a-r-r-i-e yeah carrie 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 carrie, carrie. like gary yeah. with a c yeah basically <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna call it gary from now on nanny gary nanny um, gary yeah what do you think like of, of her as a character in her introduction. Just out getting pissed, wasn't she? I've got a job, going to get wasted. She is famous, I believe, as in Beyond One Tree Hill. I think she's oh. in some sort of medical thing, not Grey's Anatomy, but like something in that vein. 
as like oh, okay. a, as a pretty central character i think i i believe she's you know successful in her own right uh you didn't recognize her from anything no no i thought she was just a oth random <laughs> well yeah well so she got the job she's gonna be the nanny for jamie um do you where do you have any prediction for that or you just think she's just going to be there in the background i think i said something on the on the watch along potentially i might have said it in my head which is a dangerous place to be um but i think the sentiment of what brooke and peyton were saying about hiring a, a attractive young lady like that to be the nanny when nathan is at home all the time is potentially dangerous and open to um uh, open for difficult situations to happen to to arise around Nathan, um, and you, what's you know, going to be a ri- rising around Nathan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly what's going to be a rising around Nathan. Jamie, shut the door. Me and Nanny Gary are busy. <laughs> we need to see if uh, if I've got some feeling in some of my lower limbs. <laughs> She's just helping Daddy walk. <laughs> <laughs> It's called a third leg, son. Look away. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, so I think oh, I think there's scope for something to happen there potentially, but he looks like trash though. It's not like the old Nathan. I mean, Brooke said it best when she said like heroin addict chic or something. Um but he looks he looks like he's been through some hard tough times like he's just come back from a war yeah um yeah he's, he's given it all that isn't he but um i i think there's i don't know maybe i don't maybe mal forget lucky with this one jesus <laughs> <laughs> that more than lucky that's like he hit the lottery <laughs> twice in a week Fuck you, Shelley. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, so that's Nanny Gary. I like that. Um, What about uh, Quinton Fields? I hate him already. I hate him. Do you hate him because that's the function of his character, or do you hate him besides that? Because he's a bad actor. Um, I... I hate him because of the function of his character. I also think he's a very bad actor. I think he's dreadful. Well, they said it on the watch along by they, I mean, our crazed lunatic (laughs) Ravens um, said that I think he's like, he's older or like, did they say maybe 10 years older or something? He's ridiculously older than the main cast. Like he's older than Nathan and Haley, et cetera. Uh, or James, sorry, enjoy. Um, and I think he, I think, did Harrison say or Chuck say? One of the guys, I think, said that he was a basketball player, like a college basketball player. So he obviously, like James Lafferty, he, he's actually like dunking and playing, which I always appreciate that because it adds a bit more realness. I'm surprised you think he's a bad actor. I thought, is it because of like the little sort of noises he does? Like the, hmm, huh? That sort of stuff. Just, just the whole thing, just the, like every, every element of it, just, it's almost like there's that one facial expression to express everything that he, that he's, you know, portraying and, and putting across to the audience. It's just, 
I, I maybe it's his character was badly written for this episode as well. There's just elements. There's just really, really bad elements of the whole, the whole thing. You know, the the way he treats Haley. It starts off as a as a kind of like funny moment, and you think, oh, okay, he's, okay, we'll, we'll get used to this person. And then it is just like a caricature of a shit student who's successful at one thing and thinks that will get him by. Um, and then that sort of spills into the coaching session as well. And when he turns around, is like, you know, this isn't the last of this or whatever he says when he's walking away. And it's just like. It just felt unnecessary. Like the, either the writing at that point wasn't very good for his character in this episode, or he's just not very good at bringing the words alive. Um, a bit cliche, wasn't it? A little bit it was, cliche. Yeah. I just, I hated him from the beginning and I, I didn't think it was a particularly good performance. He won't be yeah. winning performance. tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I've always thought that he does the sort of noises that, huh? Hey, you know, that sort of stuff. And that happens a lot. Like when I'm even seeing the big, the, the beginning of that. There's one moment where he, he kind of goes, <laughs> and it's just like, Oh, come on. Even that just a really forced. And it really bad. It's like when like, I can't, I don't really have another example of, of such bad acting in one tree hill. Well, he, he uh, to me, it's like, he's doing a bit of a bad impression of like wesley snipes in demolition man where wesley snipes is a lot of the time he's making these kind of noises and like sylvester stone like huh you know mm, yeah like but sort of like ad-libbing but it's really good because it's wesley snipes and killing it and uh he's like he's the best part of that movie and he's called simon of course simon <laughs> um but yeah i mean i never really considered his acting to be bad but i will definitely watch it with a closer eye let's say in tonight's episode but interesting okay do you have any um what's your prediction for him i mean he he's gonna do the whole like create a fuss about it for whatever reason you know he's gonna be their star player no matter what we've already alluded to the fact that he's better at basketball than the rest of the team so he's like he's to to you know, liken him to someone else. He's the Nathan of the team, essentially. He's, he's, he's the one that will win them points. But Nathan, uh, Nathan Lucas is very much, you know, in charge of the team and controlling it and saying, actually, we're going to play as a team. And this is everything that Whitey was trying to instill, you know, seasons ago in, in that Ravens team. And Lucas is just doing exactly the same thing. It's actually, you know, if we're going to play, we're going to play as a team, whether we win or not. Um, and you're not a team player. So you don't deserve to be to wear the jersey. Now we've got two options whether he continues to create a fuss because he's already he's already left that threat lingering now, you know, whether he starts causing problems for for Lucas or whether he actually starts causing problems for Haley, uh, I'm not sure. Um it might be both. Um but I think eventually he'll probably be like one around by these people. So Lucas will get through to him somehow. Um, and maybe Haley will, and it, it will change his trajectory. He'll become more of a team player and he'll, you know, help them to win some games. So I, I, I can't imagine he'll be a dickhead for long. Uh, I think he might have a Nathan trajectory in him, but not for as many seasons. I think he's probably a one season wonder. Okay. So basically, yeah, basically a Nathan in season one, but, uh, 
a one season and done. Okay. Mm-hmm. We will find out. <laughs> what about Lindsay? How do you feel about Lindsay? Uh, Lindsay, again, she's someone that we spoke about on the watch along. So um, if anyone that watches the recordings, if you're at that level, then, you know, um, go, go and have a watch, go and see what my, my predictions were there. Uh, and hopefully you can tell me if I'm right or not. I'm, I'm going to share them here anyway, but um, I kind of think she's a, she's got like a seven to 10 episode kind of feel about her. So Lucas from this episode is already inspired because his inspiration has returned. Brooke and Peyton are back. He, he can write his second memoir now um, because it's not a novel um, <laughs> because, you know, his inspiration has returned. So he's probably going to write this, you know, great American novel about this young girl who couldn't make it in a big corporate world, but decided to go out on her own with a friend of hers and smashed it. So he's essentially going to write Peyton and Brooke's story. He's, he's just stealing. Um, and Lindsay, I think, is going to rapidly start to see as she's getting pages and pages or chapters of this book as she's editing it, putting it together, that he is still massively in love with Peyton. And it feels like it's coming back the other way. You know, they met each other in this episode, like Peyton and, and Lindsay, um, and it was a bit awkward uh, how they met, like Peyton. Uh, it was a, it was a little bit mm-hmm. weird. Um so I, I kind of think that she's a kind of a half seasoner. She'll she'll help him, you know, publish this book, and then she'll become someone who's a bit of a. Oh, I got an email from Lindsay. I got to do this, or I got to send my pages to Lindsay, or she's given she's handed over the editing of this book to someone else because you know things haven't worked out because paint's back. So I think Lucas and Paint's path is still very much, you know, meant for each other, made for each other. Lindsay's just kind of a little bit of a blocker. So you think that Peyton and Lucas are still end game? Yes, definitely. Okay. Okay. And Jamie. I mean, for the, for a little kid, he had a lot to do. He's a better actor than what's his face. Q. At the moment. Um but you've alluded to that changing and <laughs> him becoming a really annoying little shit. I, yeah, I've not his acting. His acting is good. He is Just a the, good the, actor the and character. good. Yeah. Good kid actors can be hard to come by. Um, and it's treading that tight rope between precocious, obnoxious and lovable and, you know, sweet and all the rest of it. His character becomes precocious and obnoxious i think <laughs> but i'll be it'd be I've, i mean i've never spoken about it at length um or spoken about it to anyone so it'll be interesting watching it with you and through your eyes and seeing how that holds up because that might be an opinion that i changed like i really disliked peyton at the beginning of the show mm. and i've you know grown to really appreciate her and and like her so maybe that my opinion will change on him as well. We'll see. But so maybe. far, but so far you you're finding him all right. Yeah, so far he's he's fine. He's he's like I think he's a cracking little actor. He's really good. Like one one moment in particular, he doesn't say anything, but it's when Mouth is like trying to put a shoe on and bouncing out, and he's like, "Oh, bye, Brooke. Good to see you." And he's like, "Bye, Jamie." And Jamie just kind of goes mm-hmm, and just does like a little grin, and it was perfect. He didn't need to say. 
bye uncle mouth you know which which you would have mm-hmm. expected them to have written in or put in he just kind of does a silly little laugh and a little chuckle and I, I think moments like that are perfect it doesn't need to be anything more than that that's great you know it doesn't need to be a i'm going to walk away from lucas turn around and be like this isn't the last of this you know that that sort of moment he should have just walked out the gym fucking shut up but <laughs> but you know jamie as a as a little character at the moment is is good and he's been actually really pivotal he's pivotal to this episode he's kind of like the central character really mm-hmm. uh, a lot of it is like uh based around him isn't it or like kind of what he's up to in the episode i mean the episode title says enough doesn't it it's, it's mm-hmm. pretty much his episode but yeah at the moment i, I haven't got a problem with him I, I quite like him excellent someone that we need to, to touch on um that was a, a nice surprise appearance principal turner made an appearance back and as you said on the watch along he's grown his barnet out <laughs> clean shaven he looks great yeah he's he's gone opposite land doesn't he he's just head's not shaved anymore and the, but the beard is gone was you um, happy to see him i'm always happy to see him i think he's he's cracking he's good i mean he won't reply to me on linkedin but he he's 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 a great i I actually think he's a great addition to it and he doesn't need like really big scenes or mega moments he kind of has like these good opportunities to kind of fill in and step in and say the right thing and when he turns up and he says to Haley, like i'll you know be present in your class and let's let's make sure you can crawl before you can run that you know that kind of thing and he's just kind of present he's um he's a comforting presence isn't he and i'm sure he is for um the other characters and it just makes sense having him there you know principals don't just up and leave but you know there's there's been a four-year gap so he would look different he would change um and he would have made you know different decisions about his barnet um (laughs) So yeah, I think fair play. Like what like what do you think about Principal Turner? Do you think he he should have gone by now? Are you like Hell yes, no. he's a staple. He needs to be in it until the end or Yeah, I love him. I think he's just the you can just tell that he's a good guy and he even when he could be seen to have been being a bit harsh in season four on Brooke or Rachel, but well he wasn't, he was being fine, but uh mm. or on Haley even with her valid valedictorian stuff like he always comes through in the end and yeah no i think he's he's great and just for anyone that doesn't know barnet is like is that even cockney slang it's a british term that just means hair like it's barnet fair hair there you go cockney rhyming slang it just means yeah so he's just he's grown his hair out that's that's what that means um okay so do you want to do you want to try before so we've got daniel coming on um, yeah. Do you want to try before Daniel comes on to do an entire episode synopsis of not going so don't have to go so deep into what everyone's doing, but just the kind of broad strokes of what happened, where we went. Oh, one other character we didn't get to talk about, new character. I've forgotten her name, but Mouse Boss, who is you Alice. in the sh- Alice. Alice, Alice, who the fuck is Alice? <laughs> Alice is the only new character's name I remembered. <laughs> because Alice is you. She's going around saying exactly what she wants to everyone. And this is you. In If you could do that, you know, if there was <laughs> etiquette wasn't a thing. So just, you think I would quite happily go around and just call out pieces of shit when they're being pieces of shit? Yeah. Like when she says to Mal, when he wants to be a field reporter, you don't really have the face for it, you know. <laughs> 
That's such a dom comment. <laughs> yeah, you ugly piece of shit. <laughs> Go over there. What can I do to, you know, make things better? Leave. <laughs> yeah, before I fire you. <laughs> well, what did you think about Alice? Um, I thought she was quality. You can't, of you can't get is. enough. You can't get enough abuse on mouth, and she's just taking it all out on him. What do you? What do you have a like prediction for mouth and Alice? Uh, mouth essentially. Well, it's not like an intern, is he? But he's kind of like the lowest of the low at this mm. uh, TV station. He's like running tape and getting like the highlights, like the stamps, the timestamps. He's basically us editing the podcast you know <laughs> sarah he's basically you <laughs> getting them timestamps together sarah you're an emmy winner but we're treating you like mouth dom is alice oh my your gosh. mouth and i don't know who who can i be um i don't even work there i'm down <laughs> the road i work i work in like a, a donut kiosk <laughs> that was gary wasn't it there you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, the pretzel stand. I'm the pretzel Gary. Stand. That's it. Yeah, yeah. The pretzel stand. There you go. <laughs> we love you, Sarah. Right. Well, yeah. Dom, what's your what's your prediction for Alice and Mouth and his trajectory at that TV station? Um, Mouth is the sort of person that just that won't give up easily. He'll whinge and bitch about her, which he did in this episode, <laughs> but he's not going to give up. So he's either going to play up to the bullshit and try and fit in or stand up to the bullshit uh, and, and fit in that way. So if he, if he pushes back um, at Alice and says, do you know what? I'm trying hard. You go fuck yourself kind of thing. Um, he might actually get somewhere because she'd be like, I respect that. And it'd be like a power play. And he's just like, look at my fucking Python. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think we've got, maybe an episode or two of him being a little worm and a weasel first before we get to look at the Python. Do you know what's funny? So I listened to the first episode of pod meets world today, which is the boy meets world podcast. That's being done by, uh, by the cast or by uh, Will Friedel, Danielle Fischel and Ryder strong. And uh, so in the similar vein of drama Queens and office ladies, um, the difference between uh, Pod Meets World and Drama Queens is that I love this podcast. This <laughs> is really good. And I need someone to help me put my finger on what it is because it's the same format. It's from iHeartRadio. So they even have the adverts in like the same place and, and the production's the same. But it's so it's just so much better. And I think it's the sincerity like they're, they're saying things like, sorry, this is going off on a slight tangent, but they're saying things like, um, you know, potentially there's going to be some bad memories here, you know, good memories, some bad memories. I think different is, you know, we can't c- compare it to what, you know, they went through on the set of One Tree Hill, but I, they're kind of saying, I don't know, they're just treating it different. Um, and it's really good. I know you don't, you're not really into, you weren't really in that heavily into Boy Meets World, were you? So it's probably not I, one for you. I never watched it with you again, like, like everything else, every, every, anything that was like Nickelodeon, Disney or anything like that. I never watched it yours. So um, like one thing I will say is maybe, um, maybe it started without the bad taste in its mouth. 
Yeah, I think and, so. And that's probably why it feels a little bit better, maybe a bit more comfortable. It doesn't have that kind of stigma to it or that, that or stigma is probably not the right word, but that, that feeling already of something being wrong with it, you know, or, or misplaced. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not articulating that very well, but do you get what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. It would, yeah, it would be interesting to see if other people, I know Emily is a Boy Meets World fan, and if other people that are listening as well have any opinions, be interested yeah, to hear. But uh, what was the point of that? I don't, oh, the point of that was when I was listening today, Lee Norris was in Boy Meets World as a little kid, and they were talking about uh, in their breaks on set that they would be playing American football on con- on the Disney lot on concrete and it would be the the studio next to Boy Meets World was home improvement so it'd be the home improvement boys and the Boy Meets World guys and they were saying you know it was unlucky for whoever was covering Lee Norris because he was so small that, you know that he was basically yeah it was really funny but <laughs> with that being said let's enter Daniel Daniel is entering. And then we'll get to your synopsis. And it is. Daniel. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Very Good. well, thank you. Wonderful to see you. Thank you. You're getting my business casual look today. I like it. We should both dress up for the podcast, I think, but we never do. <laughs> Um, you're just catching me at the end of work. So hopefully our connection sometimes crappy here, but hopefully you're hearing me. Okay. You sound good. Okay, good. Well, Daniel, we're, this is, we're in season five. We're back. Uh, good to see you. How, I mean, how, how have things been since we spoke to you last? Thank you. It's, it's hard to believe really that we're this far, right? I mean, it's, it's crazy. And I was actually looking the other day at, Hulu and seeing how many seasons are left. And it's kind of bizarre. I mean, we're really only just a little over halfway through the show. So I had to rush to kind of catch up to where you guys are because I've been slacking a bit on my, my rewatch responsibilities, but um, I I rushed to do it. And, uh, and here we are season five. It's pretty exciting, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just gone so quickly. This is our 90th episode uh, and it just feels mad to even say it. I think in 10 episodes time, it'll be a hundred quick maths. I know I'm a genius, <laughs> but it, it, it just feels bonkers that we're going to be at a hundredth episode in, and, and it feels like in no time at all. So yeah, the, the end of this journey will come, I think a lot quicker than, than we're expecting, but it's great to have you back. It feels like, it feels like you've moved house twice since we last spoke to you. So I, I believe Salt Lake City and then back to New York. Yes. So I'm still in New York City. I haven't I haven't left yet. Um, so my life's largely the same since I spoke to you guys. So so we're good. And I have no plans to move at this point either. So hopefully I'll have some stability in my life. You guys are grounding me, though. Like rewatching the show has been kind of like a return to my youth in a lot of ways. And that's bizarrely and ironically what the characters are doing right now in season five, right? Like they're all going back to try to find something that they, uh, that, that, that inspired them and, and grounded them when they were younger, that they're lacking now in their lives. So it's, it's kind of cool. 
So you've, you've entered season five at the perfect point in your life, which is fantastic. Yes. I'm not sure who I feel the most like, <laughs> I don't know how, <laughs> how lost I am exactly, but uh, I'm definitely not at Nathan territory. I'll at least say that uh, <laughs> doing far a little too, bit better than him. Yeah. Far too well-dressed for that. And you haven't got the long hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, Daniel, we just, we would, I was just talking to Dom about some of the new characters. So let's get your perspective without um, obviously only discussing from what Dom knows of these first two episodes. What are your opinions on uh, Quentin? Oh God, I hate, I hate him. I really yes. do. I just like, <laughs> and uh, you know, I know he eventually grows to be like a fan favorite kind of, or at least whoa, a, whoa. easy, 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 Daniel. Easy. Well, it could be for any reasons. It, it, you know, a lot of characters have different, paths that they follow and some are good some are bad you don't know what it is but but generally uh you know some characters are favored more than others and i just with him i don't i don't see the appeal he seems like he's just so abrasive to me in this episode they compared him to to nathan and i was like i i don't see it there were some redeeming qualities about him and he just seems like he's very one-dimensional character to me okay I said something um, not too dissimilar in that he's um, like, try- I think he'll eventually follow that path of Nathan, but he's, the actor's not very good and the writing for the actor's not very good and it just feels very awkward. So yeah, I, I think I wasn't a million miles away from kind of what you're saying there as well. Well, it's a little awkward now too, because the way that society is at this point, we have um, some fear over representing like a white savior complex or storyline or something like that. And I almost kind of feel like there's that awkward dimension there too, where you've got like the one student of color at tree Hill, other than maybe skills. And he's of course troubled and follows the stereotypical storyline that like the other like white characters are trying to come in and, and save him. It's a little bizarre. I'm not sure that like the studio would green light something like that today. Yeah, it's a little bit like dangerous minds, isn't it? That this uh yeah, this this one white woman is gonna come in and just save save the day where uh yeah, that's that's true. Um okay, what about Nanny Carrie? We're calling her Nanny Gary because it sounds better in our accent. Um yeah, she uh, she's she's interesting, right? I mean, she she hasn't been very developed yet in this episode, but um, so far she's she's there to help Haley. So let's hope that happens because girl needs some help at this point in her life. I feel like I can't help but feel that um, the Scott James household needs more plates. It's just a lot of stuff <laughs> getting broken, so just continuously buying crockery. But wasn't that the best scene, Dom? Like, I just once again, Bethany Joy Lenz proves her her worth and and how underrated she is in like the acting world. Like, it's so disappointing to me that, and no shade to her, her career or anything, but you know, basically, I've seen her in some like Lifetime movie. Well, I haven't seen the movies. I know she's been in some Lifetime movies since then, but I really have not seen her do much, and that's so disappointing to me because I think she's so talented. Mm, yeah, definitely. I've, I think her, that moment in particular was brilliant uh, and just so unexpected as well. I, I did not see that coming. And, you know, Nathan definitely didn't when he had bottles flying past his head. Um, but it was, yeah, just a, just a brilliant moment and, and her kind of 
kind of passion and just energy just sort of came through fantastically. I, I thought it was a really, really good moment. And just this whole episode where she, she goes from being that kind of new terrified teacher to, I'm not going to take your shit anymore as well. And, and, and that kind of growth in, in one, one episode that you could, that was believable as well. It felt re- really believable. So I thought she did a great job. It was like her patience had finally run out. Like there mm. can only be so much, uh, like understanding and because she, she understands his pain, though it is his pain, you know, it's not for her. To, she, she can't necessarily relate in the same way, but she, you can tell that she is probably, she's been there for him. And this time and time again, he has sort of failed the call of being a, a good husband and yeah she just let it all out and it's not just at him she's also letting out the frustrations of the teaching and of the other things that are going on in her life but the, her acting in it is impeccable like it, you can feel the emotion and i know well i know i have but i'm sure at one point or another we've all been on the receiving end of some emotion like that whether that's from a loved you know a loved one or from like you know you know your mom or dad back in the day or whatever like we've all had that terror of okay i've really pushed this too far i'm gonna have to i'm gonna go to bed tonight and wake up and really have to sort some things out you know yeah yeah like definitely it was just just push that limit isn't exactly like you said and that that edge of like I, i can't take anymore this enough is enough um but but it seems to work you know that that element works and you know nathan exactly like you said nathan sorting himself out spending time with his son at, towards the end of the episode and when he pushes himself in the pool and you know sees that as, as a, a step to change and, and something's got to change in it and it has to change with him because he has to be there and be supportive for her so when she has those shit days he can come back and uh, she can come back and say to him, you know, this has happened. That's happened. He can be an, an understanding, loving husband, which he isn't being. He's just being a total mess. And Daniel, we're, we're introduced to Jamie. We, again, we're only two episodes deep with him, but uh, how do you feel about the fact that they're bringing this child element into one tree hill? Cause it's not something that we had in the previous four seasons, and, you know, not really a spoiler, Dom, but this is something that continues throughout is that we're going to have these childlike storylines. But Daniel, how do you feel about that element being added to the show? I was dreading season five for this very reason, because and maybe there are some more maternal people out there who are going to completely disagree with me. But for me, uh, Jamie is the Jar Jar Binks of One Tree Hill. And it's... <laughs> Perfect. Not necessarily even anything to do with the kid actor. I think the kid actor does pretty good for his age. I mean, he's very young in that. I mean, he looks about four. I don't know if he was four or five, but he does the best that he can. But I think we start to see the show, as you said, revolve around these childhood storylines. And it sort of becomes like a vehicle for these sitcom-esque cute line moments like you'd get in Full House or something with like... Uh, Michelle, like one of her lines, or you got it, dude. It's it's it turns into those kinds of m- moments. I almost wish that they had waited ten years instead of the four years, six months, whatever it was, because maybe the kid at ten they could have found um, 
a kid who at that age, they're, they're probably a little bit better at acting. And I'm sure that there are kids who can make it and break it. And this, this kid, I just, I feel like so much of what they gave him to say just comes off as, as fake and, and kind of annoying. That being said, slightly more tolerable than what I remember. It wasn't that bad. And maybe it is because maybe it is because he started out better and got worse. I don't know, but that's my unpopular opinion. I know that probably isn't going to sit well with a lot of people, but. Well, from what we know so far, I think, because this is very much my opinion also that I had shared with Dom going in. And it seems that that is a popular opinion among our Ravens. They start off all right. And then becomes incredibly precocious. I mean, they also really overfeed this kid. I mean, this is going to come in, but this kid's diet, they're just slamming him with ice cream and burgers and hot dogs. Just watch as we go through. Like the fact that this child doesn't step into obesity is a feat (laughs) amongst itself. It's Um, pudding, pudding in this episode, isn't it? They just watch that like if you were to count the calories, I'm telling you, is it's dead. We're lo- yeah, <laughs> Nathan should be worried because of the health insurance on this kid. I'm telling you, <laughs> <laughs> that's the American diet, Simon. You just gotta <laughs> get used to that. That's how we do things over here. Well, what would have been great yeah. is if they'd made uh James Lafferty pile on some pounds if he's not playing basketball and stuff, like, but he's still incredibly you know, trim and looks very athletic. It, it would have been good if in those four months, all the booze and the just sitting in a wheelchair would have just, you know, you'd have put on weight. So right. it would have been good if they this, made him a bit chunkier. He's having his Lieutenant Dan moment right now. And he, <laughs> yeah. he, he looks pretty good still. Like, uh, yeah. You could literally just give him a haircut, give him a razor and he would look just the same. He would just be back to, you know, the end of season four. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Nathan. I mean, Daniel, do you remember your initial reaction when you first saw, you know, the beginning of season five for the first time and Nathan's in a wheelchair? Like, were you shocked by that storyline? Did you do you enjoy it? How do you feel about it now? Um, I think it made me made me upset to see just particularly because um, we had just come off of all of that Dante drama in season four and, and all, and, and their hardships with that season. And I'm sure this has been discussed a million times on the podcast, but like the, the, the constant car accidents and stuff that we've had to witness. And then all of a sudden, like whiplash, here we go, here we go again. We have another thing for them to overcome, but that's that's the that's honestly the best thing that they can do in this show is is continue to exploit those Nathan and Haley uh, storylines because people feel so connected to them as a couple and so while we want to see them happy we really don't want to see them happy we want to see them struggle and we want to see them have those emotional plate throwing moments yeah well said I mean and Dom uh Nady still your favorite couple are you still pulling for them more than anybody else i think now from this episode in particular probably yes i think for season four it's quite it's quite a difficult watch because Haley's a, a bit irritating but that's sort of gone now you know the the whispery weirdo has just sort of disappeared and she's now this like stressed pissed off happy to see her friends kind of like anxious woman who's kind of fighting back a bit now and and actually you know making a stand she's not you know 
playing up to the whims of her, you know, basketball superstar husband. She's saying, sort your fucking act out, mate. You have got me and this child to look after and you're putting absolutely no effort. You're saying you've got nothing now and you've lost everything. Do we count for nothing? And and she's actually, uh, I can't help but feel that this episode was Haley actually finding her voice. You know, I know that she's, she went on tour with Chris Keller and she did all that. And, but she, she never really found herself. She, she never really landed. And I can't, uh, I kind of feel like now she has, and she's kind of found her place um, and, and knows exactly who she is and wants to be. But I might be wrong, you know, because I haven't seen the rest, but it's just how it feels. And it does, it doesn't seem like they're struggling for money and they've got this <laughs> amazing house, right? So we're assuming maybe, Nathan, that was some shoe money invested in some property where, where maybe they don't have a mortgage. Like, so he's got this amazing house. He's got a beautiful wife. He's got a, a lovely son. So he does, he does have, he does have it all to some certain degree, but let's, uh, let's talk about, let's move over to Brooke. So something that I'd like to point out is that Brooke now and forever will say the term, my company about a million times so many times it's just my company on the phone i just got to sort out my company so many times my company it drives me insane daniel is she a little bit obnoxious tell me the truth she is and some people i think like to see her in this empowered role where she's she's the boss lady um but I like seeing her come back in this episode and and rediscovering her hometown roots and her more humble roots, because if they had, if they had kept up this, this busy bustling New York city storyline for too much longer, I don't, I don't think I could handle it. So I I really like that. She's that she's uh, at the end of this episode uh, doing something with Karen's cafe. Right. I guess we don't know fully what yet, um, but it looks like she's not going anywhere anytime soon. And it's been discussed that Close Over Bros is the equivalent of Kate Spade as a some sort of fashion label. This is what they're saying in the Discord. Are you familiar, Daniel? Not much, except her tragic demise a couple of years ago. But other than that, I don't really know much about her. I didn't even I didn't even know that. So yeah, she. <laughs> She, uh, she, I think in New York city, she, she committed suicide a couple of years ago. And so it was one of those conversations of like, here's a woman who seemingly had everything, a family, a child and this successful brand. And it wasn't enough for her. And, uh, hopefully, hopefully it doesn't lead to that with Brooke, but, uh, but she oh seems to be kind of in the same boat. Right. Right. Wow. Okay. Well, rest in peace. That is incredibly sad. Um, wow. How do we transition out of that? Uh, dom what do you think about brooke how are you feeling about it well um i think she definitely needed to come home she needed to be kind of settled and exactly like um daniel said like find those kind of humble roots um where she's had moments of you you know she's had kind of her best years um also she thought you know kind of through, through high school in in tree hill and uh i think coming back will kind of ground her a little bit she's been living the high life as this, you know, company owner and very executive and going to events and just not really living a quiet personal life. You know, even when she encounters Lindsay, it's like, oh my God, you're Brooke Davis and you're much 
you know, prettier in real life. Um, and it, it's just kind of, she's got this celebrity about her, this celebrity element. And I think going back to Tree Hill, everyone will just treat her as Brooke and it'll be normal. It won't be uh, a big deal. And, you know, everywhere she goes, it's not going to be, she's not going to be followed by paparazzi and cameras and limos and, you know, what have you. So uh, I think it's nice that she's returned. With the whole Karen's Cafe thing, I, I can't help but feel that she's actually quite a nostalgic person and might make it a cafe again. But I I, I want to, I kind of want to believe that she's going to turn that into her base. So that's going to be her studio, a place of work, maybe make it a, like a little clothes over bros outlet for, you know, for her designs and her line, make it a bit more, you know, affordable if it's supposed to be a high-end brand maybe she'll make it you know tree hill affordable um but i I can't help but feel that she's really she she is actually quite a nostalgic person it's like oh, i love being back home i love you know being back and supporting my best friend maybe she's gonna love starting up a cafe and keeping it in karen's name like keeping it as karen's cafe for lucas you know I'm, i'm not really sure but i i think there's a close over bros shop or some sort of base about to be put in where karen's cafe was can't wait to see your face when she just opens up a bookies yeah <laughs> uh well okay let's move over to, let's move over to our boy lucas daniel agree with me on this this is lucas's best hair in the show period am i right yeah, what 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 are you thinking is the worst last season because it was so like bleach blonde or what? Uh yeah, there was yeah, last season there were periods where, you know, he's sort of it's like he's tucking it behind the ear, he's not really sure what he's doing. It's multiple shades in different shots. It's he's got different hairstyles. I think it was a mess, yeah, but this season, this is peak. He's looking on point and they gave him a little scruff, I think, to age him a bit over the summer, to age him five years. It's looking good. And how are you feeling about his storyline? He's a published author struggling with the next book. Do you think you would have read and purchased a copy of An Unkindness of Ravens? Oh, for sure. I actually even Googled after this episode, like, did someone make this book somewhere and like it's out there for purchase? Uh, I don't think so, right? Maybe that'll be your project, Simon, after uh, after the podcast is over. Wow. Wait for it, Daniel. Oh, Wait my gosh. It. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> At least he's got trousers on. <laughs> yes, it, it is available. You can get it. It's so uh, what's in it? Oh, well, it's a novella. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very thin. Yeah. <laughs> it's thin. Yeah. Well, th- there is actually pages in it. So it does have it has a prologue and it has uh it has oh, words wow. in it. But it's basically um like the quotes that they they use in the show and you know, like the the narration they do at the beginning and at the end. Uh-huh. Uh and I think from like maybe from season three and season four, what the book is based on. <clears throat> um, so that like even, would you like me to read you some? I would love that. Please. Okay, this is just random. Page five. Peyton Sawyer is a good friend. Brooke Davis is my girlfriend. Just staying facts at this point. Or at <laughs> least she was. It never seemed like you missed me. And because of that, I stopped missing you. I guess I should have said something, anything. 
I mean, for a guy who wants to be a writer, it suddenly seemed like no words had ever been written. But when someone tells you that they somehow stop missing you, you're pretty much screwed, no matter what you say. So, you know, it's just like quotes from the show, but uh, it's good. It's even like a little bit inside telling you about the author. You're Looking into good. it, Daniel. You're into it. Yeah, that's his good hair. But uh, this was from FWB, so you can buy them online uh, at their website. So, yeah. That's amazing. How serendipitous that you turned to that passage to read, because that was actually, I believe, the voiceover narration for season four, episode one, which is the last episode I joined you guys for. There you go. Right? There's some tree hill gods out there working their magic. <laughs> Daniel, I'm sorry to tell you, but we are the tree hill gods. This podcast, <laughs> that, that's the alternative name of this podcast. <laughs> well, uh, have we convinced you to buy a copy yeah i would love that um that's amazing to find out and i love this storyline for lucas because finally we're getting to see uh that you never really make it in life right like you never reach that pinnacle of success where you're just satisfied and you can hang your hat like after the first successful novel there's a second one that's expected and i sat there as Lindsay, his editor was badgering him for this i'm thinking it's always been a dream of mine to write something and publish something and i hope someday i do but then you're expected to have a whole new slew of like insights about the world and the universe like you've you've built up a lifetime to just to get this one thing encapsulated and like put onto the page and then now you want me to have something more and i remember that that's always the story with Harper Lee, right? Like after she uh, wrote To Kill a Mockingbird and people badgered her for a second book. And she basically said, I only had one story in me. And I always feel like that too. If I ever wrote a book, I think I probably only have one story, the story of of my life lessons and what I've learned and what I've, I've experienced. I feel bad for him now that he has to churn something out in the name of capitalism. That's That's the bad thing that capitalism does to art. Yeah, I think the Harper Lee comparison is fantastic. You know, just she then squeezes out uh, Go Set a Watchman as well, um, kind of like as a, as another, because, I mean, it was Go Set a Watchman to Kill a Mockingbird, and then she's just, you know, made the first bit. <laughs> um, so to watch Lucas kind of go through the same struggle is quite interesting, a really good comparison. Um, and, and see him have to rely so heavily on other people to be his inspiration because um, it... It, it, it's i guess it's what we take everything from isn't it you know uh, all our creativity and ideas and things i guess span from things that happen in your life and and everything that's happened in his life has been very like to this point anyway that we've seen is has been very centralized around this group of friends and these the, the, these um you know strong female characters in particular so to to have them suddenly return and then he's immediately inspired to write another book is you know an interesting take on uh on how an author kind of works and i guess it's kind of like for bands as well it's that difficult second album you know they write the first album because they're so inspired by something and then that music's out and it's like well shit what do we write about now and it's just you know it's just kind of they, they got to try and put something into it everything into it you know i kind of said everything i, I wanted to say in the, the first book well, what do i say in the second one and that's kind of his journey, I guess, for this, this season is, is what's he, what's he going to talk about? Who's he going to talk about now? Uh, he's probably going to talk about breaking Lindsay's heart. Um, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, firstly, both from both of you, both very elegantly put, 
um, my dad said to me the other day something like a quote that he'd heard and i think this is quite famous but uh, it was from a boxer saying it's very hard to go for that 5 a.m run when you're sleeping in silk pajamas and the idea being that you know once you've made it and you've made and you've made you know a load of money and you're not like hungry for it anymore and you're living in luxury and whatever else it's hard to be motivated to be hungry like you once were when you were driven to get these things i'm not saying that uh lucas therefore not has a load of money i mean it's hard to know i mean he's still living he's still in his teenage bedroom right (laughs) i mean (laughs) but uh yeah it's I think there's a lot of elements to that, that once you've found success, not only are you then expected to now move on and find it again, but it can also be difficult to be motivated to do it again because you've already got it in some respect. So lots of what I'm excited about for this second half of this uh, show is that we can touch on these kind of things that we weren't able to talk about before and it's more adult theme. So I think, you know, a lot of interesting conversation will come out of it, which is great. Uh, so I sort of hiccuped internally as I was <laughs> saying that. I'm also looking at this book and thinking, I'm going to read this. Like, it's a shame that they didn't. I never read it. Like, it's not very, it's not very big, Daniel. I can probably, this is toilet reading, if we're being honest, isn't it? Like, <laughs> It's where where we get our time, but the uh, it's a shame they didn't do an audio version of this. You know, why don't you slash we do the audio version of it? Okay, how's your Tree Hill accents? We'll figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> Dom could do it in a Whitey accent or Dan's oh. accent. <laughs> do it as Paul. Shall I read it as Paul Johansson? Yeah. Do you think he'll have an issue with that? He's no, a friend he's, of the show. It'll be fine. <laughs> I've got his clothes. It's fine. You've got his laptop bag. I've got his clothes. Well, okay. So let's talk about Peyton. Daniel, I'm throwing it back to you, my friend. Peyton, she's going to start a record label in Trick. Dom did predict it perfectly um, because we all hate him for being so on the money. <laughs> what do you, what do you, th- he's just nodding along. Yeah. I hate him too. Well, what, what do you, what do you think Daniel about, uh, about Peyton's storyline here and the whole, from the previous episode, she, you know, drop a button and you can get in this meeting and all that sort of disgusting behavior. Well, I, I really identify with Peyton here for the same reasons I mentioned kind of at the beginning of when I joined you guys, that I now at 33 years old, I can identify with this idea of like, here I am. Now I'm the adult that I always imagined when I was a kid. Like, this is it. This is life right now that I'm living. And and being somewhat less satisfied with that than what you thought you would be. And and, and I think the answer when you are facing moments like that in your life is to look backward. It is to look to your youth, to your childhood, and to look at the things that, that made you happy. Look at the things that grounded you. Look at the types of things that inspired you and try to recapture some of that energy because it leeches out of you, doesn't it? Like it and, and it's not at a particular moment in your life. It happens year by year by year where you slowly start to lose some of that fearlessness that Peyton talks about. She says to Brooke, I was fearless back then. 
And um, it's been only four years. <laughs> so maybe once again, maybe they should have fast forwarded like 10 years. That would be more applicable. But but that's what Peyton's chasing now. She's chasing uh, that that feeling of, of being young and feeling like anything's possible again. Um, and I think she's on the right path to to trying to find the answers to those questions uh, by looking toward her youth and, and looking backwards. Perfect. I, I don't know how to expand on that. You know, I, I was saying to Simon earlier that Peyton's storyline in particular kind of like hits home a little bit for me. And, 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 uh, like we, I think we maybe overuse the word resonates, but resonated with me a little bit in that she's, um, she's forced into a very difficult situation and it's, you're not going to get somewhere or be a somebody unless you do this. And, you know, I can't say I've ever been in that situation, but I've certainly been, you know, driven by, you know, the, the possibility of a, of a career in something and, and chasing it and chasing it and chasing it and not getting it ever. And I just did it for way too long in my previous life. And, and you kind of have to stop and reflect and push back a little bit and just go, okay, I, I can't do that anymore. That's not working for me. That life, uh, isn't, it isn't me and, and isn't, isn't what, how I want to exist. And kind of the way she's gone about things in this episode is, as really, uh, and the previous episode is really kind of understood it. I really got it. And I, I was really quite impressed with her, um, ability to do that and just switch it off and say, actually, you know what? Enough's enough. And, um, I've, I've taken enough shit from, from you and I've, you know, damaged my own personal integrity by doing something I didn't want to do. And, um, she then, you know, steps away from that and going back home is hopefully going to sort of re-centralize her, centralize her thoughts and feelings and push her into now being able to create her own label. And she seems really apprehensive and really worried. And I think it's probably because that world is like very much like the, you know, the acting world that Hillary Burton was having to live through at the time. And, and the, the, the young females of the cast in that if you want to get somewhere, you've got to do something. And, and I, I think I mentioned it last week. It just feels very, it's just really sad that it was even a theme, a topic of, uh, of an, in an episode of one tree Hill. And it's actually happening to these people. Um, it's actually happening to, to, to these actors in, in real world. So, uh, it, it just feels like such a shame that they, they were okay to out it and, you know, put shame on it, but they're doing it as well you know mm. and the creators of the show but yeah just her path and her, her general storyline of saying enough is enough no i'm not doing that anymore and, and kind of being a bit strong-willed and, and changing her direction uh, and making her own um kind of making her own chapter as it were is is something that i'm i think i i'm going to enjoy I hope I'm going to enjoy. Hopefully, you know, it goes well for her, but it's not going to be easy. She's just going to have to do a lot of these things for herself. But, um, yeah, I'm really intrigued to see, to see where it goes. I'm like, Simon, going back to you, how is that? How, how are their journeys working out for you in terms of like, cause we, we, we try and parallel these. So we, we, it's really difficult to talk about teenage girls because we weren't ever a teenage girl in, in, in high school. So it's, it's difficult, but actually when you bring them to the, an adult plane, their stories and, and journeys and kind of their trajectories are something that we can resonate with a little bit more because they're doing, you know, adult things and we're living adult lives. So how's that kind of fit with you as well? Um, well, my, uh, <laughs> 
if I was to relate to anyone at this point, it'd probably be mouth <laughs> in terms <laughs> of uh, like I I went through a few different jobs when I when I left college and then um, and then sort of found what I was doing in working supporting people with learning disabilities. But I had I had to start at the bottom and um, and sort of work my way up. And so I'd say at the beginning of like where we are with them now, that's probably where. I sort of found myself um but yeah I it's I like Peyton's storyline because it is more relatable because we're not just you know published authors at 22 and um like we've been saying or fashion line owners that's you know uh, like famous and all the rest of it at, at that age it's more relatable that we, we struggle a little bit and i i think that the function of your 20s is to kind of find yourself in your adult life and like what you were saying daniel is sometimes i think we lose ourselves and i've been finding that more recently in terms of kindness like i uh sometimes think like it's a very this is a very british thing but if you walk down the street here in the uk and you see you look up as you're walking and see someone both people will look down like it's a uh it's almost like rude to look someone in the eye as you're walking past them and as i've been getting older i think i've been getting a little bit colder with things like that like i don't want to interact with people um when i'm walk, and i walk all the time because i'm walking my walking my dog and walking you know my pram buggy stroller i think you call it stroller buggy one of them uh and i'm trying to actively change that i'm trying to be a bit warmer like how i used to be uh, we don't have time for this tangent but like i almost bought a paramedic a subway the other day like a foot long but i didn't and i thought about doing it and i thought are they gonna think i'm creepy because i'm trying to buy him a sandwich but i wanted to say appreciate what you're doing can i buy you a sandwich and i thought no don't do that they're gonna think i'm coming on to you and then i'll be like no i'm i'm married i i'm not interested in that i just want to buy you a sandwich because you're in an ambulance you're doing a good thing and then i thought no maybe that's insulting because like they can buy their own sandwich and when i was thinking about all of that they paid for their sandwich and left and then <laughs> so <laughs> there was no time for it and i explained it to my wife afterwards and she was like you're just a lunatic so but the point was the intention was good i wanted to buy her a sandwich what you should do is come walk in around where I live because there's uh, a rather pleasant uh, older gentleman called Gordon who I bump into all the time. He's got a nice little dog and we have a nice little chat and then we go about our way. That's it. He's like, all right, Gordon, how are you? He's like, hello, Dominic. Is and we he have a, a little demo? chat. Is, is he, he a, a what? Demo, a a demo. demo Gordon. He's not, no. <laughs> he's, he's a nice Gordon. Yeah, just walk in nicer places, mate. <laughs> <laughs> nice okay well daniel what do you think would you have bought the paramedic a sandwich yeah, i mean simon you're you are truly in your heart i'm sure are somewhat of a romantic right because you love this show and this show is full of those romantic one tree hill moments that i always talk about and that would have been like a one tree hill moment right like a moment of connection a moment of like looking each other in the eyes seeing each other as human and then you turn and walk out of the sandwich shop while like a Ray LaMontagne song is playing in the background um, <laughs> or the fray. Um, and 
that's what you're longing for, right? Like you're longing for those moments. And uh, I think we all do. We're human beings. We're social animals. But it's bizarre. As much as we want those moments of connecting with other human beings, we do go out of our way to avoid them, don't we? That's like why the One Tree Hill moments rarely, if ever, happen in real life. And it's bizarre. Like, why do we do that to ourselves? I think maybe a little less so in the U.S. We have that standoffishness on the street that you were describing. But here in New York, it's exactly the same. I mean, you don't look someone in the eyes, not on the train, not on the street. You you avoid each other completely. One thing that New Yorkers are known for, though, is when someone needs help in public, we always come rushing to that person's aid and, and we step up to help them, to help like our fellow like man. So um, so maybe they're just there under the surface, Simon, and and you got to go for it. Yeah, nice. I think so. What do you know? The other thing was she went to pay for a sandwich and her card declined. And I was like, this is a sign from the gods. I'm meant to pay for this right now. And I was thinking, here's my moment. And then she pulled out another card and already paid. And I was like, oh, Jesus, I missed it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, but next time I'm definitely going to do it. I, 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 it's, I'm not going to think twice. I'm just going to go for it. And think of it as a One Tree Hill moment. I like that, Daniel. Well, okay. Well, let, let's talk about the the soapbox. Sorry, go on. Just to jump back to that very quickly. If that ever happens again, and that you're in that situation, and they're like, "No, like, don't like you, you coming on to me or whatever." Like, no, I just want you to get out of my way. So I'll pay for yours, just like so they can make my sandwich and I can pay for all of it all in one. Just get out of my way. <laughs> well, you know what some people do is like a kindness, isn't it? No, or they. They say, oh, maybe this is more of an American thing. I don't think it would work here in the UK. You say... Like pay for theirs as well. Yeah, I mean, I'll get get mine and put theirs on my tab. And whoever's behind them is just a random person, you know, to try and do it. Dangerous game. <laughs> that, that makes the employees hate you too. Like that's just way too much confusion. It all equals out in the end anyways. I mean, it's a romantic idea, but no. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Well... Uh, let's talk about soapbox derby. This is not something that we have here in the UK. Um, it's familiar to me in terms of it looks so, almost like what they do at the beginning of cool runnings, but definitely not as fun. This looks like a lame version of that. Uh, Daniel, were you ever in one of these dark derby things as a kid? Honestly, I, I didn't even know that it's what, what it was called. And um and I, I know I personally have never seen that. It's never been a part of my childhood or anyone's childhood that I know of. Um, maybe it's a Southern thing. I have, I have no idea, but um, I don't even fully understand it. You just put the car that has no motor in it on an incline and let gravity take its toll. I, I have no idea what the point of it is. Just hope for no child injuries. I mean, Dom, you're a kid um, and we put you in there. Would you have been having that? I don't know. I think probably would have given up as well, like Jamie <laughs> and said, no, you know, I've watched a mannequin's head roll off. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to take that plunge. But there's a thing called the Red Bull Soapbox der- Derby Derby, whatever, that um, basically they, it's in the UK. They do it in, in England and they get all sorts of people to enter and they build a crazy soapbox racer thing and it's like wacky races basically but they've got a hill they've got a bit of an obstacle course and they have to drive around it and there's no engines or motors they're literally just going by gravity and it's like timed but they're all like crazy things they're like some of them turn up like 
there's like a whole pirate ship sort of thing and they just shove it down this hill it's just crazy um so that's like my only experience of it um but no, i wouldn't i don't think i'd do it now <laughs> as an adult with a helmet and knee pads and all sorts i think i'd still steer clear um uh, would you and- would you it, would, would this be part of wheels would wheels <laughs> this is this is something i probably would have done and then instantly been terrified as it was happening probably <laughs> if there was any kind of break i would have just been like holding on to the break like not wanting to win just wanting to survive um but okay well skills and jamie have a nice relationship that's that's quite nice i mean are we enjoying that daniel I do like to see skills kind of uh, like be playfully rough with him a little bit. And even with the other kid at the Derby, when he had that like comment, I forget what it was. Oh, it was like, yeah, he's, he's going to be his own person. And like made made the other kid feel bad about actually continuing to participate in the Derby. It was, that was funny. I do. I do like that dynamic. And Dom, there's some horrible dancing in the nightclub in Trick that we have to talk about where the music clearly isn't playing when they're filming it um, and so they're not to be at all. But also, I just, I don't know about this. I mean, I'm not the dance hall type, but that I don't believe that you're there and just seeing your random friends on like a friday night and just hey how's it going good and just having conversations in the bar like is this something you'd ever do dom i can't imagine you on a dance floor um n- n- no i mean if i have to leave these four walls it's a bit of a <laughs> bit of a shocker to be fair but no i i'm not a dance floor person i'm also not really a going out and clubbing person i like going to a pub i go to a pub with someone but you go to a pub with the intention of sitting down and having a conversation um with these people not to not to have to shout over shout over loud music but they're, they're still in their early 20s remember so it's still a still a thing for them and but see i never them. liked that dom like even when i was that <laughs> age i just you guys are my kind of people i wish we could go to the pub and have a drink because we were just having like pride weekend this past weekend here in new york city and like all of my friends, they always want me to like, encourage me to like interact with my own community. They want me to go to gay bars and like meet people and maybe have some gay friends, maybe have a dating life. And I'm like, I don't want to do that because it always like goes into that same territory of like, yes, first you might be having dinner with your friends. Then you might be having like a drink at like a more pub space, but it always, always, always devolves into that dance floor, strobe lights, pounding music. You can't hear I mean, I've never understood why that's attractive to anybody, but it is to most people, apparently. Drunk people. It only appeals to the drunk people. And the music, <laughs> every, every, all of the music in every club just sounds like this. That's all you can hear. There's nothing else. It's just boring bass lines, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's like being at Hollister, having a drink at Hollister or something like that. <laughs> yes. But also, fuck Hollister. Did you see, there's a documentary on Netflix that came mm. out recently. They're just terrible, horrible people. Oh, about Abercrombie and Fitch, maybe? Yeah, I thought, is Hollister not part of Abercrombie? It's all like it's all the same thing, basically. I think different companies, but yeah, same idea, exact same idea. Yeah, just terrible, terrible people. But yeah, um, no, I'm with you, man. I, I've always hated clubbing and clubs from my whole life like i've been to them when i was like in college and stuff when I, i've decided on the podcast we 
we say university, but I'm deciding to call it college. It sounds more cool and American. Um, I like but- that. Start saying, start saying stroller too. That's, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to, well, like 95% of our listenership are, are North American, you know, American, Canada and whatever. So yeah, we have to adapt, but yeah, I, um, even then I, I really disliked it. So, um, yeah, we just wanted to be home watching One Tree Hill. One, one thing I will say is, um, watch out for the fake ice in all the glasses. Yeah, have you ever have you noticed have you noticed the fake ice yet? No. So all the ice looks exactly the same. It looks like glass, basically. Um, and it isn't real ice. So they put fake ice in the glasses so that the glasses don't condense out and they don't will get all wet and it leaves rings and stuff. So they've always got fake ice in the glass and the glass is never wet. There you go. Thought I bore you with that. That's a very observant of you, Dom. <laughs> it was driving me nuts as well. I was just watching mouth. And Haley's drinks just be like full of ice, like of this fake ice, but it wasn't ever melting or ever dropping. And there's, there's, there's only one moment where Haley goes back to, to like have another drink and they've taken like half the ice out <laughs> rather than it actually melting or creating any sort of water leakage around the rest of the glass. But there you go. Thought I'd share that. Well, Dom, now the trick is more predominant. And when I say predominant, it basically, like I said, it's like Central Perk. It basically is going to feature in every episode now. Does that not make, like the fact that the conventions are held there, would that not make you feel excited to be able to sit there at that bar and actually have a drink in the exact spot, you know? Yeah, definitely. I think it's uh, almost like a mecca surely now for these <laughs> for, the, for this season well so far for this season but you know for uh, as a as a point of contact something to to aim towards and go towards um for sort of one tree hill fans and and sort of it's like place of notoriety isn't it you've got you've got to go and visit it if you if you're going to be in town you, you you've got to go and see it so and have you been in there daniel I haven't. I actually didn't even really know until recent years that it, the trick was even still like a building used for anything and, and, and let alone something used for One Tree Hill type purposes. So I think that's really cool. When we all convene, I look forward to to going there. Hell yeah. But yeah, they have it completely the same, you know, like they have it, they've kept it in a, uh, you know, a time capsule, so to speak. She's got Hillary Burton behind that sliding door. <laughs> yeah. She's still in there. <laughs> <laughs> She's never allowed to leave. <laughs> well, um, let's talk, let's, let's move into our judgments here. But before we do that, if you enjoyed this episode, then check us out, ravenshoops.net. Why, Don? Because basketballs go through hoops. But Daniel, they also go through nets ravenshoops.net daniel who's your favorite performer of this episode favorite performer hands down bethany joy lens she she killed it that scene gave you chills yeah great choice i'm imagining that this is going to be a full house situation dom i have also gone for bethany joy lens for uh like a number of scenes but mostly the the plate throwing scene and yourself, young Simon. I think is his name Robbie Jones, the guy that plays Quinton. Is oh yeah, maybe Rob Jones. It doesn't matter because it's <laughs> Bethany. Bethany Joy Lens for me. 
hated I, him. I hated I, him. I, I just if wanted we were to see Dom's face. If we could put, pick worst performer and worst character, it's definitely him. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad we're on the same page. I was so scared coming into this that I was going to be the lone voice on that. Oh, no, I, I said it just before you joined, but I thought he was absolutely awful. And like, when, when you get to listen back, you'll, you'll hear my thoughts. So, What about your favorite character, Daniel? I'm surprised to say this, honestly, but it has to be Peyton. And I'm surprised, and I've heard similar talk on this podcast before about this, so I think we're slightly on the same page at least. But Peyton spent most of season three and most of season four with her only line being, that was her only line for two seasons. And now she's she's she seems like she's just she's just so relatable. Like maybe again, it's the stage of my life that I'm in, but I can totally identify with with her regrouping and reassessing. And um, and she's not whining as much at all uh, through it all, which is uh, an amazing feat for her. And that that last that last one tree hill moment that we had at the end of the episode with her talking to Lucas and telling her, telling him that his art matters. um, That is, that is such a good scene and, uh, and such great lines written for her. And, uh, and basically, sadly, I I think one of, there's plenty of one tree hill moments to come Dom, Don't worry. But as the seasons go on and the show becomes, in my opinion, less of what it was, and it does start to lose its its roots and its connection to its roots and what made it such a good show. Um, I think those moments that we can find where where we have those moments of of connection and like that they're they're important. So I really liked seeing that scene again. I knew it was coming, and it's partly why I chose this episode to be on with you guys. Nice, very nice. And it reinforces the point that re-watching a show in different periods of your life you can take away different things from it um which i love dom favorite character well i have also picked Peyton, but i was actually really close to picking jamie believe it or not it's really difficult to pick a a, a character that is kind of r- relatable and likable and Haley was uh, close to the top of the list as well but really just those three um and but Peyton's storyline and she she did the old uno reverse card didn't she with you know your art matters and it's it's what got me here and i i thought that was a really like cracking moment um saying you know lucas do you remember what you said to me and of course he's got perfect recall he's never going to forget a thing <laughs> um and 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 just the whole sentiment of her character and episode and uh, just the she's just got that nervousness anxiety about her that then, you know, can be turned into positivity and, and, you know, it's finally being able to express herself exactly like Daniel articulate articulated much, much better than me. And um, yeah, just painting it is for me as well. So that's it. And uh, what about you, Simon? Who, who are you going for? Horrible to be so boring, but I also picked Peyton. Um, <laughs> and I also love the, you know, your art matters reversal because I love that line. And so it's nice to bring it back. Um, and I also appreciate that they say the second part as well. You know, it's what got me here because that bit doesn't get put on the T-shirts and all the rest of it. And it's important that they're, they're not giving the the full quote. You know that quote, um, the really famous one that says, uh, imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Most people think that that's the full quote, but the actual full quote is imitation is the greatest compliment that... Uh, messed it up imitation is 
What? What is it, Dom? Uh, I don't actually know. It says imitation is the greatest compliment that mediocrity can give to excellence or something like that. It's basically, are you looking it up? Trying to, yeah. But the point is, is that people only remember that first half of the uh, of the saying, and it actually it, it's a completely different sentiment when you have the full, the full. It's Oscar Wilde. Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery that mediocrity can pay to greatness. I just looked it up. Me too. There we go. Just, just got that too. <laughs> right, but most people only remember the first part, and it's like, no, actually, remember the art matters and it also is what got them there you know daniel who was your favorite background performer what dom one line or less this one's easy i think the mannequin from the race car the now decapitated mannequin (laughs) for sure better performance than jamie hands down sorry no (laughs) i kid i kid he did the best he could with what he was given bless him Excellent. Dom. You, you go next, Simon, in case we pick the same. We won't have picked the same person, I guarantee it. Well, mine was the guy on the dance floor. You know, oh, they just, yeah. They just turn and there's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yours? I picked someone different. I went for, there's, there's a girl with blonde hair and a red hairband at the front of Hades' class. That is one of these, like, she wants to be a good student, but when Q is being a twat, she's also being a twat so <laughs> i went with her um she doesn't say anything at all but yeah just the girl at the front of Hades class she's following the crowd okay uh what about your favorite line daniel um i guess if if we can't go with the obvious uh your art matters that's what got me here line then i would have to to go to mouse <laughs> mouse boss <laughs> Who said, let us be honest, you don't really have the face for it, do you, uh, when talking about television? I just thought that was so brutal. And I just, I can't imagine someone saying that in real life, but uh, that that just had me laughing in a, in a horrible way. I'm a horrible person. <laughs> but I couldn't help but think, you know what, Mouth should have turned to her and said, yes, but I do have a schlong for porn, right? Like that's his, that's his redeeming quality she has no idea about. Massive dick, yeah. <laughs> massive so you know yeah <laughs> Dom. just scary gigantic scale um my favorite line was skills saying to jamie you can read right if the pudding says jungle fergie you can have it i just for whatever reason i thought it was quite quite amusing um and that's why i picked it <laughs> what about you simon nice uh I'm going to choose your art matters because it's it's important, and we only it's the only the only the second time we'll be able to choose it. So I'm going to choose it. But I was close to saying uh, when Haley calls Nathan Dan, uh, like nice job, Dan, because I yeah. thought I was like a good cut, you mm. know. Um, you got so, hurt him. That that's going to hit in the core, isn't it? That's going to hit yeah, deep. It's going to hit in the python. That is so. <laughs> It's a kick in the dick. <laughs> a kick, a kick in the dick. Uh, Daniel, what about your favorite song? Um, the only one that really stood out to me was the the last one, um, and I'm I'm totally forgetting what it was now. It's, it's escaping me. But uh, do you guys remember? Yeah, we always just say the montage song. So yeah, the montage yeah. song. 
It was, it was, I think it was by the hours, if I remember, but I forget the exact title of it, but it was so good. And I love, I love Haley's line at the end to the closing line. The rest of your life is a long time and the rest of your life starts right now. A good reminder to what we were talking about that, like, we feel old in our thirties, the three of us, they feel old at 22, I guess, but like, we actually do have a long time to go and we can just start making those things we want to happen at any moment just start on it. And I think that's a good reminder for us. Beautiful point. What a great point. Thank you. So many podcasts left to do. (laughs) (laughs) What about yours, Dom? Uh, It had to be uh, the song that they were dancing to that they couldn't really hear. It was DJ make it boom loud was the name of the song, but I have absolutely no idea who it's by, but I managed to find that detail at least. So I like it. Okay. <laughs> what was yours? I like the song when um I can't I, I actually can't remember how it went, but it was a song where Q then came in and like dunked it and he was like, Oh, here's our best player, but I can't I was gonna imitate it, but I can't remember it, so forgive <laughs> me. Forgive me, audience, I'm sorry. And then last but not least is the precious precious rating daniel did you have a number in mind before we started this conversation um yeah yeah i think i think i'd probably give it about a seven whoa 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 whoa. hang on hang on keep (laughs) your keep the number in my in your head for one second okay you you have a number we don't know what it is um (laughs) but it's in your head okay good dom do you have a number in your head I really want to spoil it and say it, but yes, I do have a number in my head. Excellent. Do I? Yes. Okay. So we'll say them after three and then we will debate. Uh, I wonder. I don't think we need to. I'm just trying to think what Daniels is going to do. Oh, no, I don't know. Okay. One, (laughs) two, three, six, seven. (laughs) He can't change it. I was, I was throwing you guys off. (laughs) Wait, no, wait. What did you say, Dom? Eight. No, I said seven. I wouldn't go as high as eight. They were ridiculous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I said seven as well. Daniel, can we get you to a seven? If you guys insist, I guess. Um... <laughs> Do you know, I, I originally had this. My original number was a six. And on like reflection of some of the performances, I thought I was being quite unfair to the episode. So I, I knocked it back up to a seven. Um, so that's the only reason it... it isn't a six for me is that some of the performance really good, particularly Bethany Joy Lenz, who as Haley was better than she'd ever been in the, the last two seasons, I guess. Here's the thing. I think it's a six for the series for season five and beyond, which you really can't ask much of those seasons. Uh, I would say it's a seven. So I'll just say it's a seven. And Dom, I, I hope I don't discourage you. I do think like you're going to still enjoy the show. You can just tell I'm a firm believer that, that I think season four, the last episode should have been the series finale. I really do. And then, and then they could have done in years and years and years resurrected the show as we're seeing so much happen now with a new resurrected version perhaps and that would have been like appropriate but but it pains me to leave the old seasons it really does it makes me cry <laughs> <laughs> well I look, I'm, I'm still looking forward to, to watching them on getting through it uh but i understand the the sentiment that everyone has around the original for the first four seasons and and kind of that impact it's had on people so yeah, I, I really appreciate it and appreciate your your thoughts as always. And you've been fantastic as always. It's been brilliant to have you on. Um, you're 
so articulate. You have such good points. Uh, and sometimes, you know, me and Simon don't even need to say anything because you've, you've covered it all. So thank you so much for joining us again and supporting us. Uh, it means the absolute world to us. So thank you very much. Of course. Thank you both. I really appreciate it. You basically come on here and show us up. You basically <laughs> make us look less. Um, so I'm actually angry when I see you. Uh, I'm joking. You're, yeah, you, as Dom said, and just to reiterate, yeah, it's, uh, it's lovely to have you on. And uh, yeah, always fantastic insight. And uh, yeah, we, we appreciate you and look forward to speaking to you again as you enjoy the show less and less as we go further and further. <laughs> I'll be heavily medicated the next time I'm on. I can't wait. Season six. Here we go. <laughs> well, just before you go, we have to do Ravens on free. Would you like Dom to do it in a, any kind of accent or an impression? He can do celebrities, anything you like. <laughs> Dom? Yeah. Did, or were you asking Dom? Sorry. Or no, asking, I'm asking you. He's asking you. Oh, oh, sorry. He'll perform Awkward pregnant you. pause. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll do, I'll do it. I'll think of something. Um, gosh. Um, well, I guess I'll just try. I'll try a British accent. I'll I'll try to I'll try to join you guys. Excellent. Look at that. This this is the old Uno reverse card on us now. We've no no one's ever suggested that. No. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what British accent I'm doing. I'm doing standard what an American thinks a British accent is, but hey. Can we hear it? Can we hear a little bit first? Well, see, I I, I go from my standard Queen accent accent sometimes into my like Billy Elliot, Geordie accent. So so I'll just do my Billy Elliot accent. You ready? Mm -hmm. Um, Grandma, that's me private stuff. Well, I know it's your private stuff, Billy. That's my that's my Geordie accent. Perfect. I love it. Sounded just like Dom. That's how Dom (laughs) sounds to me. So, (laughs) Geordie. Should we all go for Geordie? Why? Let's do it. Let's all go for Geordie. I like it. It So good. Well done, Daniel. Right, you ready? Ready. Right, right, pet. We're gonna do Ravens on three. Oh (laughs) yeah. One, two, three. Ravens. Ravens. (laughs) 